moms. Welcome to another episode of Momming with Maya. I'm your host, Tamaya, and today we're going to be talking about maternal mental health with a very special guest that I will allow. Oh, sorry, that sounded bad. Allow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me back up. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Momming with Maya podcast. I'm your host, Tamaya, and today we'll be talking about maternal mental health. Our guest speaker will introduce herself in just one minute, but I wanted to remind you all that regardless of the things that we talk about here, although it's here to help and to inform, to please consult with your healthcare provider before um, engaging in or deciding to take any of our advice or um, as we all know that pregnancies and just anything in life vary per person. And so although the people that we have on this podcast are trained professionals, um, educated professionals and have a lot of experience in this field we just want you to be safe we want your babies to be safe so please consult with your own healthcare provider before um, taking any advice or moving forward with anything you might hear on this episode or any of the episodes in this pregnancy and parenting series um, so without further ado I would like our guest speaker to introduce herself please share your credentials if you have a business or organization that you would like to shout out please feel free to use this time to do so social media handles contact information etc okay thank you first I want to say thank you to Maya for reaching out and inviting me to speak on the on the podcast so my name is Erin Scott I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of New Jersey Um, I own the healing space counseling and wellness center which is a virtual therapy practice in New Jersey and we specialize in maternal mental health women's issues and couples issues Our website is www.thehealingspacecw.com. Our IG handle is at thehealingspacecw, and Twitter is Aaron Scott LPC. Thank you for that. Um, I'm writing this stuff down because I'm like, I need to go follow you too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, follow Um, me, girl. (laughs) Yes, I sure will. Um, But just to jump right in, I would first like to just start talking about how did you even get involved in the maternal mental health field? So long story short, because it is a long story. Um, (laughs) I was pregnant with my daughter in 2016. And around five months, they said that she was like measuring small, but I was tested for like gestational diabetes, all these things, and nothing came up as like a red flag. And then towards maybe, I want to say like the seventh month, um, I was like, you know, something's not right. My feet are swollen. And I was like, just something like, I felt as if I couldn't breathe. And I went to my OBGYN and she was like, no, you're fine. There's no protein in your urine. You don't have preeclampsia. But I still knew that something was not right. And so just so happened, I had to go to, for a follow-up appointment with her um, partner. And when I went to him, he was like, you have preeclampsia and it was only like a week apart and so he said I need you to go on bed rest like now um before it escalates so I went um and again like I said I I communicated my concerns to my original OBGYN but it was minimized so it ended up being a week after that I ended up having to go to the hospital because I went for an ultrasound and they said you need to go to the hospital right now and then that was a Friday Saturday um, night, they said it was escalating. Sunday morning, they said at like two o'clock in the morning, your blood pressure is high. You now have severe preeclampsia and you have to now give birth via C-section emergency. So my daughter ended up spending 29 days in the NICU. 
And through my experience, I, like at the hospital, there were no therapists that came in to check on me afterwards. Um, afterwards, I did go to a therapist. She was a therapist of color, but she did not specialize in maternal mental health. And at that time, I didn't really realize that I needed someone um, who really specialized in it. And so just going through my own journey is how I got myself to maternal mental health, because we need more people that look like us that specialize in this. Right. Wow. I mean, I know you made that long story short and maybe <laughs> offline. We'll have to talk more about that because that was loaded. I mean, that escalated so fast. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, I mean, I have never seen any kind of therapist in the hospital checking on no. um, parents and mothers who might have either even had like a traumatic birth experience, who have babies in the NICU, who might have had um, lost a baby. So, um this is really a need. So I just want to thank you for, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that that was your experience and that's how you ended up here. But now that you're here, I know you're doing great work. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Like, it was very important. Like when I, the day I was checking out the hospital, they just handed me a, a paper, like a checklist of like right. uh, to check for postpartum depression. At that point, I just wanted to get out the hospital. Like I literally mm-hmm. checked anything. Like there was no therapist that sat down and like, guided me through the questions or like ask things in ways that I wasn't able to get around to identify that I had it and then even then like walking out the hospital without my daughter there was no therapist to prepare me for the experience of that at all even in the NICU there were no therapists coming to check on like the nurses were the ones who were like are you okay um do you need anything but like there was no therapist to come in and say like when they knew that I was there to see if I was okay so there was like a lot of balls that dropped and it's a major hospital so it was really alarming I mean it sounds like I mean my mind is already going to so many other things that need to be done around surrounding Mm -hmm. this but um you are moving the needle with the like I said the work that you're doing so thank you thank you for that um so the next thing that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit in depth is, um, I guess, the difference between postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, and even just um, a little explanation, if you will, on what each of them are, Um, maybe some symptoms and criteria regarding the things, but those are the number two things that I normally hear about, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure other people typically hear about postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and like the baby blues. Right. Um, So if we could touch on those um, three things I think that will be helpful absolutely so in regards to postpartum depression so you may present as feeling like overwhelmed like lack of feelings or connection to the baby difficulty taking care of yourself a loss of interest in things that you once enjoyed you may experience like isolation especially during COVID um, irritability and increased like somatic complaints like so headaches stomach problems back pain so I always ask my clients when they're like when I'm screening them they're like oh no I feel fine and I always ask like but how does your body feel are you having headaches are you having stomach aches are you having tension because a lot of people don't realize that this mental health issues manifest in your body so you'll mm-hmm. feel it the tension the headaches the um overall just again like feeling tense it manifests in your body and especially for people for black people that's where we feel it the most so especially if we have a black client I'm definitely like you know well how does your body feel because that's telling Um, a lot of times we don't identify with depression or anxiety 
And this differs from the baby blues because one specific thing about postpartum depression is it lasts over two weeks. So baby blues is something very normal. It's caused by a drastic change in hormones at the time of birth and also sleep deprivation. So it affects 60 to 80% of mothers. And it usually lasts two days to two weeks after postpartum. And you usually see it like three to five days after delivery. Again, this is something normal because your hormones are drastically changing in a short amount of time. But if you're experiencing these drastic changes longer than two weeks and up to two years of your child's like from your child's birth, then that would be considered a postpartum depression. A lot of people just think it's like the first year. It can extend to two years um, after postpartum that you're experiencing these emotions. So that's a big difference between postpartum depression and baby blues. Right. I and think, as, I'm sorry, go ahead. And as far as like postpartum anxiety, so it there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you may present as like feeling overwhelmed, excessive worry, irritability, like difficulty concentrating or ruminating, which is like thinking the same thoughts over and over, feeling on edge. And again, somatic symptoms, but that could be headaches, tense muscles, racing heartbeat, shortness of breath. But under postpartum anxiety, there's a lot of other disorders like postpartum OCD, PTSD, um, just just a lot. Um, it's It's a big umbrella for a lot of other concerns postpartum concerns right I mean I learned um in my experience as a doula um and as a mother some of the things that you just talked about but as I'm listening to you sort of normalize these things and I don't mean normalize Mm -hmm. um, them like it's okay but normalize as if people tiptoe around these topics so Mm -hmm. much and it's just like like you, the way that we normalize telling people what they need to put in their baby bag or to give their baby cereal, yeah. like, even though they shouldn't. <laughs> but like, why aren't we talking about the mental health aspect of it, which is so important and so many moms and right. women experience this? Like, where is this information? I mean, you're right. You, you do just get a pamphlet when you're checking out mm-hmm. or when, when you're in the bathroom, they're asking, like, it's like a little poster that says, like, are you depressed? Like, no one wants to <laughs> yes. openly admit, like, yes, I am, like, walking out of the bathroom. Like, who do I talk to now? Right. So, right. Um, I mean, it's just so much work that needs to be done around this. But um, I definitely think, especially uh, in women of color, that this conversation definitely needs to be normalized and had amongst um, our communities more mm-hmm. more often. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, it, it is a conversation. Like in terms of like what goes in your baby bag, like this is the most important thing um, is your mental health because our, the mother's mental health impacts the children more mm-hmm. so than the father's mental health. And so a lot of people, I don't, I don't think, realize that. But above all, yes, I mean, and no, we don't put cereal in the bottle. But, like, <laughs> above all, we don't really take care of mental health. It's like, well, I can just do it all. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, my mother did it, so why can't I do it? And it's like, no, you, you do have to take care of your mental health. And we do need to be educated on this because we have a high risk to to have postpartum depression anxiety just because of, like, um bias in the medical field like they're trained to not listen to us like historically black women are not listened to in gynecological care we don't feel pain like that's you know this comes from slavery 
And so, again, like in my situation, when I was telling the doctor that something was wrong, she brushed me off, but something was wrong. Right. And so we need to learn as black women to trust ourselves, our body, mm-hmm. our intuition. And that's like, I wish I knew about a doula when, in 2016 when I gave birth. Like, mm-hmm. I wish. I had no idea that that even existed. Right. I mean, so many, what you just said, I hear, I hear so often. Um, so I am glad now that the conversation around doulas and and birth attendants Mm -hmm. is growing um and hopefully moving forward we can now utilize the resources that we now know about before we it was we didn't know about it and now that we do now we have to make the choice to prioritize these things right our Mm -hmm. health our life our mental health um our baby's lives so um yes definitely But I wanted to ask a question in regards to um, postpartum depression and and similar uh, things. Mm -hmm. What role does or do fathers play or, um, you know, support people, partners play in um, a person having postpartum depression? So they have a role in terms of support. So in terms of like doulas and fathers, really listening to what the mother needs right because I think a lot of times in birth as you know because you're a doula in the hospital sometimes you're not really heard on what your needs are and they, and this is like indifference of like medical attention right so like if you have to have a c-section because of medical concern like for me I had to I had to have a c-section mm-hmm. um, but there is a history that in New Jersey especially that women are induced and, and I will say since COVID started they have not been inducing mm-hmm. women. Like mm-hmm. they've been trying not to, but beforehand they were being induced. They were being coached to have C-sections and these things add to, to traumatic birth. Um, like having a traumatic birth can come from having a C-section, an unplanned C-section. Right. Um, it can come from your medication wearing off too soon before you end up giving birth. It can come from you know, your child unexpectedly having to go to the NICU. And it really changes the way how you respond to future pregnancies. So really what I love about doulas, especially, and also like the partners is just really supporting what that patient wants within reason, like I said, within reason, but really supporting and asking that patient what they want um, while they're in the hospital, just checking in with them, even at, the doctor does too, but just really checking in to say like, are you okay? And the thing I love about doulas is like you guys form a relationship with the patient way before birth even happens. Right. And that's what I love. And then I don't think a lot of people know that there's also postpartum doulas that are still yeah. there mm-hmm. after you give birth. Like, I don't think people really <laughs> understand that, but it's someone who can really advocate for you and just support you. And there are some risk factors to postpartum depression anxiety. Like if you already have struggled with mental health, then you are more likely to um, be diagnosed with postpartum depression anxiety. But if people are aware of this information, they can get ahead of it. Like there's people that go to therapists while they're pregnant. Right. Because certain medication you can't take mm-hmm. while you're pregnant, like mental health medication. So if you're aware, like this is my risk because I've already had anxiety, depression or OCD or, or bipolar, whatever the case may be. The more informed you are, the better off your chances of dealing with it. Yes. And the thing is, like, people are not informed. That's where the issue comes in. It's not, they're not informed until 
um, you know, it's too, it's, it's sometimes it's too late. Like for me, I was a therapist, so I knew something was wrong, but not right. everyone was trained, right? Mm-hmm. Like the average person's not trained to realize something's not right. That is so true. And I've heard so many stories of moms, um, you know, they, they might have the inkling that something is wrong or they might know a little bit about um, postpartum depression. And so they said they tried to mention it to their mom or grandma, whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and it's not received. Like we all, like you said, like we've all been through this or like, don't pray about it. Right. Go pray about (laughs) it. Don't, don't you don't catch that postpartum depression. Like it's something Mm -hmm. you could just go out and catch or just turn on and off. Absolutely. Um, that doesn't help at all no no it doesn't I really listen to people and it and and it you do see that a lot with like our grandparents and parents and they do say like you know they didn't claim like I'm not going to claim it Mm -hmm. you don't have to claim it but you you can still have it but if you don't acknowledge it and just like this whole superwoman strong thing is killing black women right it's okay to be diagnosed with these things. Like, it's all right. You just need to get the support. And a lot of our grandparents and mothers and fathers have had depression and didn't deal with it. And the result is high blood pressure, all kind of like physical and like physical ailments because they didn't deal with it. So it is important to not say, oh, you'll get over it. Oh, you're, you'll be okay. Oh, just pray about it. You can pray about it, but God also made therapists. So right. you can do both. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was literally just about to um, touch upon something that you just said as far as like being a strong Black woman. Like that is definitely a, a mindset that I think as Black women and then as Black mothers and then as mothers that we need to mm-hmm. unlearn, right? Like that is so triggering to- yes, it is constantly have this image of what we're supposed to be um or what we need to be in the back of our heads and then when we you know just had a baby and our emotions and hormones are all over the place as you (laughs) described and we're not necessarily meeting these milestones or things in our minds and heads or that we've even seen other moms or our own moms do it it can definitely trigger you and and just make you think that you're not doing the right thing or not enough and Mm-hmm. it's a lot I mean it's, it's just a lot it really is it can have you question your own like mothering abilities like there's a lot of assumptions about motherhood one of them being that I've I've, I've heard a lot is like oh you'll know when the baby comes like right. as if mothering is instinctual for everyone no it's not so like or if some people are having difficulty connecting with their baby oh it'll be better you can't tell someone that like not every experience is what we see on TV where it's like this glamorous birth and you automatically connect with the baby. And what happens with in social media is that is like promoted. So when people don't have that experience, mothers feel guilty. They feel shameful. They don't want to talk to anyone because in their mind, it's like, am I a bad mother? Because I don't feel this way. Right. Like, am I a bad mom? Because even, in, and even pregnancy is glamorized, right? Like you see on TV, like they're pregnant, they're glowing. But then the mom that's sick and miserable is like, why am I not happy? Well, because you don't feel well. It's okay to be miserable. (laughs) It's all right. But society and social media and media makes it paint as if, paints it as if it's this perfect process. Even down to pregnancy, to birth, it's just perfect. In a lot of cases, it's not. And we don't prepare women enough to say, it may not be what we're thinking that it's going to be. And that's okay. 
Right. It is. It is. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind, what are some, uh, so I kind of want us to, want you to walk us through like if someone thinks they're experiencing anything beyond the baby blues right right what do you recommend they do so number one I recommend they talk to their OBGYN because they will be able to refer them to therapists and again like I said before they may minimize may not take it serious and just say oh it's the baby blues So then I would say to do further research and uh, specifically if you're a black woman, you can go to therapy for black girls um, dot com and they have the whole site is catered to has black women or like black therapists on there and really finding someone that is trained in maternal mental health. And so what that will look like is they've sought out specific treatment for postpartum depression and anxiety. So one of the main um, groups that do the training is Postpartum Support International. They also Mm -hmm. host a bunch of free support groups for Black women, for NICU moms, for fathers, just everything. They are pretty much the hub for maternal mental health and for postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, all of those things. So I would say to find someone who was trained because it's a very extensive training. Um, so I would find someone who is really trained in that and don't be afraid to interview your therapist, right? Ask them what their history is, how they would treat certain things. What is their, um, theoretical orientation? What kind of training have they had? I think a lot of people just like find a therapist and then they like what therapist says and that's it. They pick them, but you need to interview the therapist to make sure that they are going to be able to meet your needs. Right. And I mean, I didn't think about, um, I guess, telling anyone to kind of like do their own research because the first thing that I normally hear, like you said, was like, talk to your healthcare provider, Mm -hmm. but there are many things or many times that I've heard the healthcare providers just, you know, writing people off. Like, like you said, oh, that's just the baby blues or well, right. come back in two weeks and see how you feel. And they go or just write you medication and right. go into what's going on. Right. And yes, medication helps, but there's still treatment that's needed with therapy. Um, and so I know that especially in New Jersey that a lot of doulas are connected with mental health therapists. So mm-hmm. maternal mental health therapist so leaning on your doula also but it definitely is important um and I will say this time and time again especially for black women to advocate for yourself do your research do your research it's definitely important and it will definitely aid in and and better results if you don't (laughs) absolutely and if you go to postpromissupportinternational.com you'll see therapists that are registered in your state. And so you can always go through them. But like, because I'm listed on there as well, but you can see therapists who have gotten trained in the modality and in these specific issues that are listed on the site. But I always say like, you know, don't take your OBGYN's input um, as just facts, right? Like do your research, reach out to other therapists and just really interview them to make sure that they can meet your needs like this is the time where you are the priority right above all you are the priority 
it's um funny or ironic I'll say <laughs> um that we're recording this episode today um because along the similar lines I posted a video earlier and I was um or maybe it was a picture um and I pretty much you know I put a little quote that said something along the lines of like um like you can't pour from an empty cup but mm-hmm. once your cup is full that you can get from the overflow and I was talking specifically about moms and this is a part of that overflow like you just said like when you find a therapist and you're getting the assistance and the help and the care that you need mentally that will make you um, you know, an all-around better person. It'll mm-hmm. give you the uh, the availability to show up for your baby or babies if you have more than one when they need to. But knowing that you've already taken the steps and the precautions for yourself first, right? right? So many times as moms, and I know you can relate, we put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm feeling like this, but but I need to do this or but I need to do that or so-and-so needs this, so-and-so needs that. I'll call the therapist tomorrow. I'll look on for a therapist tomorrow. And right. and the baby's eight months now. And right. then like you said, we don't we don't really realize or know that postpartum depression can go um up to two years. So if it's eight months now, now it's like okay, maybe I do need to just get it together. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to just get out of this funk because x y and z and abc when in reality like you're still in the time period that you could be diagnosed with postpartum depression absolutely and a lot of people don't real a lot of people don't realize that they're even going through it Mm -hmm. um at all and you're right and that's part of that like superwoman complex like i have to be all things to everyone and you don't have to be all things for everyone like sis you gotta take care of yourself first i think that's also what um drew me to maternal mental health is like even just going through that identity is like I'm not the woman I was before like my life before the baby is drastically things have changed Mm -hmm. and to know that like there are going to be times where maybe you're not the happiest or like you're not enjoying it and that's okay like these things need to be normalized instead of um like put down like if you have a negative experience you're somehow a bad mom but you're absolutely right I mean like if we go on an airplane they tell you the first thing that happens if you need oxygen, they say put it on yourself. They don't say put it on your kids, your husband, your grandmother, your mother, your right. father first. <laughs> they literally tell you to put it on yourself first. And that's a perfect analogy. You cannot be there for everyone if you're not there for yourself. Mm-hmm. And there also needs to be boundaries. You have to take care of yourself, especially during this time. Yes, and I and, I, and you literally just segue <laughs> into the next thing that I was about to ask. Um, if you're able to share any experiences that you might have had or any research that you might know, how do you think COVID has been affecting moms? Um, I mean, I can tell you how it's been affecting me, <laughs> mm-hmm. but from the lens of postpartum depression, um, anxiety, and things like that. Absolutely. So when the pandemic hit, I mean, pregnant women became very vulnerable to stress and anxiety and absolutely fear, right? So now it's like the world is doing its own thing. Nothing is certain. There's this disease that's out there and I'm pregnant. So a lot of things have changed. Like partners couldn't go to ultrasounds with them. So a lot of women experience the things that you think about when you're pregnant, right? Oh, me and my husband or my significant other, we're going to go experience these things together. A lot of fathers had to experience this via FaceTime. Like they had to go to appointments by themselves. Um, Even just 
in-person appointments, depending on the severity or the risk of the pregnancy, change to telehealth. So you're not even in person with your doctor anymore. It's now I have to speak to you through a computer, mm-hmm. which is different. Um, even like access to testing, hospitals turned to COVID centers, right? So mm-hmm. it was like, even if you didn't have COVID, where are you going to go? Because every hospital was turned into a COVID emergency center. So like, right. imagine the fear of having to go to birth in a COVID emergency center. Um, I think the biggest thing, especially for people of color, is just the lack of community and family because historically when someone gives birth in people of color like in our um community the family rallies around depending on this could be chosen family like biological family whatever but people rally around you and whether that's coming to cook clean uh watch the baby but that drastically changed when covid happened grandma and grandpa couldn't come over right to risk the baby you or them getting covid um, you know, they couldn't get together for holidays, like first holidays, first Christmases, first birthday, whatever the case may be. And then for the mothers with older children, where their children were virtual learning, that took mm-hmm. a whole different, you know, issue. Like, how do I manage working myself and then managing virtual health with my child as well? Right. And not having that separation between home and work. Before, mm-hmm. you could get in the car and that was your break, right? right. So you pick yeah. your child up from school, you get moments to yourself, listen to the radio. That wasn't it. You're literally going from your house, like you're in your house doing work and then doing virtual learning. And we're, a lot of us are not teachers. So, you know, half of us <laughs> tried to figure it out. Right. Um, so it's been very difficult. And I think especially for these these families where they didn't get the opportunity to have their partner step in or whoever, if not their partner, their mom comes to the ultrasound, even giving birth. It's like they only have 24 hours, depending on the case. So before, mm-hmm. historically, it's like 72. And it was like, no, you're coming in. That's it. And that has, no one can leave. If the family leaves, they can't come back. So it's very like a restricting environment and very isolating. I've heard a lot of women in my practice say it's been isolating um, being pregnant during COVID. Yeah, that is a, a a word that I have to say that I've I've heard a lot as well. Um, I mean, I hope this ends soon. Me too. Because people are not, you know, first of all, I mean, this there's a surge. I don't know if you've been seeing a surge in pregnancies oh, yeah. and <laughs> do the good old like quarantine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They were not. They were not staying six feet no. apart. <laughs> no, they were not. Um, <laughs> but um, all jokes aside, I mean, people are having babies every day. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, my, I want to commend the families and moms who are out there um, giving birth during COVID right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Said going to doctor's appointments alone, um, and not by choice. Um, mm-hmm. Having babies alone and not by choice. And right. like you said, returning home and, and when once what was talked about a plan for support that, that can no longer be. Um, right. So. And I will encourage, like, there are support groups specifically for Black women and just for women in general who are pregnant during COVID. Like, yeah. there are support groups out there and lean on them, especially if you're home, just lean on them. So that way you don't feel so alone because you're not the only one pregnant right now. Right. There is a community out there. They may not physically be able to get to you, but definitely there are support groups out there um, for pregnant women, for women who just gave birth, 
for women who, um, you know, have had a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Like, there's all kinds of support groups right now during COVID. So I definitely suggest to reach out to that support system to get some kind of normalcy in this crazy pandemic. Yes, there there are so many reasons that I've been seeing. And um, I know you mentioned earlier um, PSI. Um, mm-hmm. They have been um, a great resource even after the my most recent birth, which was in 2019, June 2019. Um, so please, 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 even if you don't feel comfortable talking to your significant other, a mom, your grandma, please hop on the internet and do your okay. research, um, not only for yourself to know like what's going on, but to find those support groups or therapists or just someone that you can reach out to and, and get help because the resources are there. And, and if someone is listening to this episode and feels like we're talking to you, we are. <laughs> because now <laughs> at this point, um, you know the resources are there. You know you're not alone. And we don't want you to ever feel like you're alone. No, um, there's so many resources. Yes. And we really need to rally together because this is really impacting the women in our community. Definitely. So um, just to wrap up, if there aren't any um, other things that you want to touch base on or share um I just wanted to know if you had any words of encouragement or tips or anything like that for expectant moms or moms who are pregnant or recently just given birth um as far as like what to look for um or just how to find support or just anything um Mm -hmm. in relation to uh, maternal mental health um, I would definitely say, again, the most important thing that I, I mean, even with my clients in my practice, I stress boundaries with family because sometimes family can overstep boundaries when you have a child and tell you what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should be doing. And, you know, as a mother or father, right, like you have the ability and the right to choose what's right for you and your child so definitely don't be afraid to set boundaries I know that historically that's been difficult for us and again therapists can help you establish those boundaries um I would definitely say like advocate for yourself if you know something's not right if you don't feel right say something don't stop until they listen to you that provider's not listening to you then find a different provider Um, because you know when something is not right and again like there's resources out here um, there's helplines you can go to PSI there's a whole resource of like volunteers that will help you find a therapist but you cannot pour from the empty cup like we cannot do it all Um, regardless of how we grew up thinking we can we cannot do it all and because you may need assistance or help does not mean that you're weak or you're not like a superwoman or you're somehow not the mom you thought you would be. At some point, we all need some assistance and that's, it's okay. It's okay. And we as therapists are here for you when you need that assistance. Yes. Um, and you actually said something that sparked um, a comment I wanted to make earlier. So I'm just going to say, I know we were wrapping up, but just to say it really quick. So I've heard oftentimes that people are afraid to um, share with their providers that mm-hmm. they um, think or maybe experiencing symptoms um, that would be diagnosed with postpartum depression because they think their kids are going to get taken away from them. Absolutely. Especially uh-huh. in our community. Yes. We don't trust medical providers. Exactly. You're absolutely right. 
So You're I absolutely just right. wanted to touch very quickly on that. Um, and and I mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. to my knowledge, expressing these the thoughts that you have or the symptoms that you may be um, going through or experiencing is not an automatic. Let me call yes no. or diapers no. on no. this person. And again, I will say depending on the provider. So that's why I said it's probably most important. Like moms have scary thoughts and they are not normalized, right? So they automatically think, oh, well, if they feel this way, they're going to do something to your child. That's not the case majority of the time. But mothers need a space to be able to say, this is how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's where the therapists come in because we understand the difference between I'm having these feelings versus now it's a concern. Like there's an issue. Um, because again a lot of these thoughts are intrusive meaning we don't control them but majority of the times when moms are having these scary thoughts there's even a book that says moms have scary thoughts so anybody's listening go get the book it'll (laughs) normalize it if you are so people are so scared to say something because historically your kids will get taken away Um, and that's kept a lot of people in bondage by not saying anything but that's why I say definitely you know find the therapist who is really trained in this to know that if you say certain things, it doesn't mean that you can't care for your child. It right. just means that you're in a space where you're hurting and you're here to get help. Yes. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I meant to say that like three times. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I mean, it was such rich content that I kept forgetting. Um, so before we close out, um, I do just want to thank you again um, for the work that you're doing. You are essential. Um, so thank you for your work. Thank you for taking this time to even share this information and, and come on this podcast episode. Um, I hope that those who are listening have takeaways from this information. Um, and please do some of the things that were suggested as far as talking to your provider, talking to your partner or spouse, doing the research for yourself, finding a therapist who um, has been trained in this area. I think that's so important. I mean, it's one thing to just say find a therapist, but if they're not Mm -hmm. trained in maternal mental health or something very similar, then um, I definitely think you will benefit more from a person who is. Um, so please, please, please um, invest in yourself, take care of yourself so that your cup can be filled um, so that you can give from the overflow. Um, but before we close out, Erin, if you please could just reshare your website and social media information in case anyone missed it in the beginning. Um, we can leave them with that in case they want to get in contact with you, maybe have some follow up questions if you're OK with that. Of course, um, of course. And just stay connected with you via social media. And um, and if someone is unable to directly get in contact with you, um, I'm also available to uh, bridge a conversation or send the information and, and get it back to you. So if you're not following me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram um, at The Motherhood Academy and also on Facebook as well. Um, so, yes, please, Erin, please share one more time uh, your social media. No problem. Information. So my website is www.thehealingspacecw.com. My Instagram is at thehealingspacecw. And my Twitter is Aaron Scott LPC. So please feel free to follow me on social media. I do share a lot of tips regarding some maternal mental health, um, and along with other issues. But definitely connect with me, guys.
Perfect. Thank you so much. And until next time, guys, take care.